my friends, and welcome to the Experience Our Industry podcast. I am Dr. Brian Greenwood, and I am super excited to be here today with Jess Hardy. Hi, Jess. Hey, how's it going? I'm doing great. I really appreciate you taking an evening with me to sit down and talk. I'm super excited to talk to you because uh, Jess is our very first minor who I'm going to get a chance to talk to and we are going to get a chance to hear from. Uh, Jess is a 2021 graduate in um, art and design with a concentration in graphic design. And then she was one of the first uh, students in our event planning and experience management minor. And so she has a double minor and uh, Jess and I got to know each other through a class and uh, just loved her, just loved her energy. And, um, and you know, I, I shared with her that uh, some of my students have told me before that you want me to be a graphic designer and I'm not a graphic designer. And I, I share with Jess, I said, no, it's not that I want you to be a graphic designer. It's that the world wants you to be a graphic designer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about some of those things, but very excited for our listeners to get to know you, Jess. Tell us a little bit about where, where are you from originally? Yeah, so I'm from actually the East Coast. Uh, I'm from State College, Pennsylvania. Um, I was so when I say I'm from there, I was I was born there, and right. uh, my parents met at Penn State. Um, and so I, you know, was born there. Um, I stayed there until I was about, um, you know, four or five. Um, mm-hmm. And then uh, my dad and mom decided to move to Connecticut. And so uh, that's kind of where we journeyed to. We were in um, Meriden for a little while, and then we moved up to Manchester in Connecticut. And I um, stayed there till I was about 14, um, uh, kind of into, we actually moved in uh, 2012 to California. Um, And that was when I was 14, but I'm sure we'll get to that. But yeah. Yeah, that's wild. You know, we've um we've talked a little bit offline about some of uh the things that we 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 share and and I didn't realize that you being born in a college town. I was born in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. So oh, nice. you UNC Chapel Hill there, of course. And um and uh so we 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 have some similarities there and then um you know, my dad lived in my dad lived in Philly uh for 10 years. Um okay, so, yeah. so so I would go up to Philly and and um and visit that part of Connecticut. Is that like near, um, near New York city or is that in that area? Um, So it's, it's close to the capital Hartford. Um, Ah, ah, it's, um, not too far out. I, so I was quite young when I was there. So, um, I can't give you, I I should know how far away from Hartford it was because we would drive there all the time. (laughs) But, um, my best guess is like 10 to 20 minutes. Um, gotcha you know, how it felt to me when I was riding in the car as a little kid. Yeah, of course, of <laughs> um, course. But, but yeah, it, it's how pretty close. now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So yeah. uh, it, it's pretty close. Um, where where in um, California did you move when you moved? Oh, okay. So we, um, we moved originally. So we're basically in the Sacramento area and we've stayed okay. in the Sacramento area. But um, when we originally came to California, we moved to Woodland, which is actually quite oh. a bit far out from the Sacramento area. Um, I'm not sure if it's technically in like Yuba city or whatever, if that, jur- yeah. where that jurisdiction stops and starts. Got um, you. But yeah, that's basically where we, where we moved out to. 
Awesome. Now you said we, did you have some siblings? You have some? You have... Yeah. Yeah. So I have three siblings. I am the oldest. Um, you I are two... right on me too. Yeah. See, we share that too. I knew we <laughs> had some connections, Jasper. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'm the oldest. I have two younger sisters. So they're each uh, kind of two years apart. So there's me and then two years and then my younger sister and then two more years and then another younger sister. Um, oh, and oh. then I believe it's nine years between my youngest sister and my brother. So I have three siblings in total, two sisters and one brother. So awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So what, what was what was young Jess like growing up? What were you into? What was your jam? Um, well, I my siblings kind of were, I guess, you know, everything I was surrounded by. So right. we and, and for the most part, it was, you know, for a while, it was just the three of us and and not my brother, since he came so much later. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was the three girls growing up. And, um, you know, it was wonderful. We we had a massive backyard to play in. Um, and we lived in a neighborhood around like, you know, older families, like, you know, mm-hmm. seniors, elderly, and then, you know, um, families who had older children. And so um, there wasn't much in the way of like, you know, playing with other kids in the neighborhood just because of the age difference. Right. Um, right. So we kind of just, you know, we make believe was like our thing, like, you know what I'm saying? So um, we kind of just made up our own stories and, and kind of like, you know, we didn't have like um, a really big playscape or anything like that, but Mm -hmm. we had, our backyard was large and we had, um, really, really tall, um, kind of, uh, uh, what are they called? Evergreens in, in our backyard. Um, and so they were so tall that the bottom of the trees kind of left open this kind of like opening. And we would have, we would make that our little house and we would play house and stuff like that and all these kinds of things. So, um, there was a lot of outside time, a lot of activities, um, where we would kind of just make up stuff and make up our own stories. And it was absolutely wonderful. So, yeah, I love that. You know, my, my kids can tell you that, um, Whenever they say, whenever they would say, I'm bored, I would say, what is boredom? And they go, lack of imagination, dad, (laughs) I know. (laughs) That is so funny. I like, I, I'm not sure if I ever remember. I mean, there's definitely times where I did, I just didn't have stuff to do. Like we had played outside all day and it was just like sitting in the house and like, okay, like what do we do next? But it wasn't like bored. I just, I think we kind of like, we just having the two other siblings. I was going to say, yeah, you had each other. Yeah. Yeah. So close in like just only two years apart. Right. Like uh, we were able to kind of like bounce ideas constantly off of each other, whether it's outside, inside, we're constantly playing. Obviously there's chores in the, you know, in the mix and like other things for us to do. And, uh, but yeah, it was kind of, we, we definitely used our imagination to the fullest. (laughs) I bet. I bet. That's so great. And, and, and now, you know, what you're doing now, the creativity, uh, obviously, obviously that had something to do. So, so let's talk about that journey to, to Cal Poly. Um, Yeah. You know, um, I, I was, I, I'm not too far from Sacramento, but I mean, you kind of have to have a reason to come to come uh, down to to these to, to these parts. So uh, right. what led you to Cal Poly? How'd you hear about it? What, what's that story? 
Yeah. So um, when I was growing up, I kind of was always fascinated uh, by uh, we. my mom began receiving magazines that had like uh, residential housing and stuff like that and floor plans. Oh. And so I was fascinated by the idea that I could become some sort of architect. Oh. Um, and uh, I, I even when I was a child, I began I don't know if you remember the um, the printer paper, the old printer paper that has the holes on each side that you perforated and you can kind of rip off. Yeah, um, we that. had in, I was part of a homeschool group when I was younger. And so we had a building that we were in that had just stacks and stacks of these old printer paper. And yeah. I would take that and like use it to make models of like houses mm-hmm. and stuff like that and do like own buildings. I would even rush my lessons so I could get to right, <laughs> the right. building and stuff like that. And so, you know, from there that grew. And uh, by the time I got to high school, I knew I wanted to be in some sort of engineering program. I knew I wanted to be mm-hmm. in some sort of like architecture, just that kind of lane of like um, just thought and creativity and, and stuff like that. And so yeah. um, I, I participated in architecture program um, in my area uh, when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. And this was like a competition program where we would compete with other schools and, and we would get a brief at the beginning of the year. And it was like, complete this brief and make sure you have models and make sure you have plans and we need a presentation at the end of the year and like it was very very intense and very um you know we got mentorship with local we were mentored by local uh, architects and engineers and stuff like that and so it was very intensive and like one of the best experiences that I had um you know in high school towards like me wanting to be an architect right and so you know senior junior year rolls around and senior year and I'm like starting to think of colleges and Cal Poly came up on my radar towards uh, the the architecture program and they have two specific programs that I was interested in architecture of and architecture engineering and architecture engineering is uh, different from architecture in the fact that it is a glorified um, structural engineering program yeah um, and one of the best in the country if I do say so myself I I will say that like um, the program is really good I had a lot of good experiences and you know when I got to Cal Poly, I actually got accepted uh, into the architecture engineering program. Yeah. Um, and it was funny because um, I, I couldn't decide architecture, architecture, engineering, architecture, architecture, engineering, just could okay. not decide. I was of like, course. what would be better? And like, you know, you're asking a 17, 18 year old to make that decision. It can be a okay. little bit tough. So I think I just, just picked and I didn't look and I sent it <laughs> because <laughs> awesome. when I received the, 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 like the confirmation that I've been accepted, I was like, Oh, I got accepted for architecture engineering. It was a surprise to me because right. I didn't even remember what I'd put because I was, split. Box so, yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, um, you know, it. I, I started uh, at Cal Poly, uh, as an architecture engineering student. Um, and that journey was definitely an interesting one. I just figured, you know, it was a good program. Right. Um, mm-hmm. but for me, it just didn't work out. Um, in, right. you know, just, it just wasn't a good fit. Um, the way right. the program kind of was set up and I, you know, um, I just decided to leave that alone. And it's not like I, you know, didn't like architecture anymore. Like right. I still, I'm, I'm such a nerd for like just all things architecture and I, yeah. you know, find ways to incorporate that, uh, even today, but it just, you know, didn't work out. So yeah, from there, I began researching what new major I could take up. Yeah, of course. I I was going to say you had that. That's the thing. Like, exactly. Yeah. Like changing my major was definitely like a a process. And and eventually I found my way into the art 
and design uh, program at Cal Poly. Um, and I wanted another to- really good program at Cal yeah, Poly. Yeah, exactly. And I, um, the reason I chose that program was um, I have been honing my graphic design skills that entire time, and I hadn't even realized it. But I had gotten, and we'll probably talk about this a little later. Um, I had gotten a position that I kind of applied for just just to see if I liked it in graphic design. Um, and I was, although I was a very young designer, not very experienced, and so was not providing the quality of work that, you know, I could say I can provide now, but it was, it was very eye-opening and I was like, okay, this is what I want to do. Yeah. This is, this is what's next for me. Um, and, and so, yeah, that's, um, that's how I got into, um, I guess my new program, my new major, and then coming to, kind of EIM, I, yeah. How did you hear about us? Yeah. Yeah. I, so it's, it's a funny, it's interesting. So I, I kind of was settled in my major Yeah. and I, it's kind of going, you know, second year I was a part of event planning in university housing Oh, right. and I met a lot of RPTA majors right. in that process. Um, and, and, uh, I was just, they were telling me a lot of what they were learning and the classes they were taking. And I was like, oh, I want to do that too. Uh-huh, right. <laughs> I was just like, you know, just right. capturing all the things just like Pokemon, I guess. But um, uh, they, so they probably use the, the term experience design and you heard that. So there was probably a connection there. Yeah, exactly. And I think that I've always had a passion for outreach, um, I think. And, you know, I was going to be an RA. And because um, I kind of, you know, (laughs) my grades kind of crashed uh, first year with me uh, not having the best time in in the architecture program, I was not able to be an RA, but I got a job to be this event planner. And I was suddenly surrounded by these people who were taking classes that I was like, wow, I never thought of that before. And like, Uh I felt that like design, like you are creating experiences for people through digital art, through physical art, you know, when people interact, like design is, I don't feel like people understand this, but design is so a part of every, Mm -hmm. you know, piece of our world. And, you know, like, you know, that when you interact with design, you sometimes if it's bad design, you can point it out and you're like, ah, I'm Mm happy. But you're you're pointing it out because like, you're having a bad experience. You're you're, you're, uh, annoyed or this didn't tell you the right thing or is a sign that was incorrect or something like that. Um, But then when there's good design, you know, um, either you totally miss it because it's it's good design. So you don't even see it. Um, Or you have just such a wonderful experience that you, you know, continue to talk about it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I was like, well, if I can if I can learn to create better experiences, mm-hmm. I can be a better designer. Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of really what drew me to the program as a whole, where it was kind of just like, I want to learn how to create experiences. I want to know, know how to touch certain demographics. Um, right. And that will make me a better designer. So, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, Jess, I've talked to a lot of folks on this, uh, on this podcast and i um, I can say that uh, that gem that you just threw out there as a way of explaining your process and thinking about the decision 
that's so huge wow that is just such a gem of a of a piece of of knowledge that you just dropped on everybody there i love it i absolutely <laughs> love it and it's so true when you think about like design in terms of um our experiences um you know just in life i like i was thinking about it today i was driving i, I did a tour of of san luis obispo for um for one of our faculty candidates Mm-hmm. And um and and I was going out Los Osos Valley Road um, because she chose to go the beautiful route. I, I, mm-hmm. I asked people, would you prefer the pragmatic route mm-hmm. where I show you like where there is to live or would you prefer the beauty route? And she chose the beauty route. And I was really excited about it, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I decided to go out Los Osos Valley Road. And, you know, that first when you first um, are coming from Target that yeah. area right yeah. and then you mm-hmm. and then you go out and it opens up yep right yep the first thing you see is that junk that that one barn and ranch with all yep. the junk you know yeah yep. and i'm just like all the beauty for this terrible like eyesore out yep. there you know and yep. then so it, but i didn't say anything because i didn't want to draw attention to it right i just right. said so hey look out and you'll see the open space and then after a couple seconds we were by we we passed that that spot and you can mm-hmm. see the beauty you know but then when i was driving back through there i was like how come no one has ever approached that gentleman with that element of you are impacting people's quality of life because when they look out and they see all this junk they're missing the beauty that is there that is the open space and that is where we live you know what i mean and yeah, so i was like yeah. i was like if somebody could get through to him on that level <laughs> that it's quality of life it's about quality of life you know? yeah 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 i'm sure there's probably like zoning and ordinance laws and he's able to probably like stay there because ownership yeah. and stuff like that but yeah like it's very like you know we 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 interact with so many things during the day to day and we do not think of them as experiences. Like, you know, um, we kind of just, I don't know, like, you know, how we, I think we're just so used to interacting with certain things that it, um, we don't think necessarily could be better or whatever. And we definitely understand we've had a worse experience. Right. right. Um, <laughs> and I think that people are gonna, um, they're, they're going to be vocal more about the worse experiences yeah. than, uh, the better. Um, uh, but then it's kind of just trying to swing that pendulum where it's just like, I want you to be just as vocal about your good experience. I want to make an experience so good for you mm-hmm. that you're reacting to it in the same way uh, and with the same energy as you would normally <laughs> in a bad experience, you know, how right. people are very vocal for the bad experience. Right. You want them to be super vocal for the good experience as well. And that comes with, you know, knowing your demographic, creating something that works for them. And I guess that's what I wanted to learn. Yeah, I love that. I absolutely love that. So so tell us um, now um, heading heading out of Cal Poly and mm-hmm. and um, and towards a career. Right. So you're you're working now for. Um, for Rect, uh, Rect Global as a graphic designer. So tell mm-hmm. us about that experience. You know, um, uh, sometimes when I reach out to recent graduates, um, sometimes they're a little bit shy about, well, I just started my career. What do you mean? But mm-hmm. but but actually, our current students um, and prospective students, 
they actually prefer hearing from recent graduates mm -hmm. uh, more so than like, you know, people my age or, or, you know, in their thirties because they can relate more to you. And then, so, so yeah. tell us about what that experience was like, um, graduating during a pandemic and, um, and, and finding and securing work and all of that. Yeah, it was definitely, um, it was definitely experience and a half. Cause like, you know, mm -hmm. obviously we are, you know, still dealing with a lot currently. And, um, you know, at the time it was kind of just, um, I remember the day in, I believe it was March, 2020 mm -hmm. when, uh, I was with all my roommates and we were kind of, we were in, uh, uh, PCV, so you know, Poly Canyon Village, right? Yeah, yeah. And we're sitting there, and we're one of the roommates, literally, her dad had already come down and was just like, We're going, and we're like, Okay, bye, I guess. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh. it was a very like abrupt just yeah. stop and of everything, and um, yeah, it was a very you know, un uncertain um time, and it kind of really is still uncertain, um, but navigating you know i knew that i had a kind of I, you know at least a couple more quarters to complete um i i took a fifth year as well but i had done that um from home from my parents home mm -hmm. um and so you know it was it was definitely very very interesting i think one of the things that helped me uh to secure a position was um really starting my job search in december before the spring and that's kind of it just i think now it it's um that's something that i would definitely give as advice uh to people who are listening to this right. uh, podcast um for you know uh graduates who or, or or students who are going to be graduates um coming up in in the spring try to as much as you can like you know apply in like <laughs> in the like november december area like it's yeah. just be it's, proactive yeah, yeah I love be it. proactive and kind of like um i wish i could say that you could you know wait a little longer but it's kind of just like this is the reality of mm -hmm. the job market at this point and um especially with new people coming in um it's it's a lot so um, I was looking for all types of graphic design jobs. It was kind of everything was on the uh, table. I kind of wanted to um, just get my foot in the door. Uh, one of the things that was very interesting for me is um, my uh, industry specifically does for the most part require, and we're getting out of this, so it's mm -hmm. getting better, but mm -hmm. they do require for a lot of entry level jobs previous experience so i actually worked as a graphic designer um i you know and we talked about the event planning but during that time um i held some sort of graphic design position all throughout college all throughout college. Um, yeah yeah, yeah. So, I, saw, I noticed that sorry i should have asked you about that no yeah. it's fine um i think yeah so i've I was a graphic designer pretty much starting in winter quarter of freshman year. Yeah. That's when I took my first official graphic design job. And then from there had some sort of position uh, towards a graphic design lead or social media, social media lead or something like that. Um, in addition to the other jobs I did, which is like retail and, and all this other kinds of stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. um, so I came in with about uh, five years of experience and I um, was kind of just looking for something that would um, 
let me in the door, I guess. So yeah, right, um, right. it was interesting because um, Rec Global kind of, you know, they're a digital entertainment organization and they specialize in uh, providing events within the esports um, space. And they right, provide right. like events, digital design, like we do all just a lot of experience design within the esports space. And right. so esports really Perfect wasn't fit for you. Yeah, right. Exactly. Like esports, though, wasn't really on my. I was going to say probably not esports being on your radar, right? Right, right. Um, The the experience design, definitely. I did want to find something that, okay, I can use my major, but also what things have I learned in EIM? I want to incorporate that, like not just on like a personal level where I'm like, okay, I'm a better designer now that I've learned these things. But like, I did want to work for some sort of agency or some sort of company that did create experiences in some capacity. Um, So uh, esports really wasn't on my radar, but I kind of just, I saw the posting. I applied and I was just like, if it happens, it happens. If not, it's okay. Um, And uh, I did get a bunch of interviews with um, a variety of companies. And then this one stuck and, and, uh, or stuck, stuck. Okay. That's fine. (laughs) I I like it. I like stuck. I think it's good. (laughs) This one stuck and, and they called me back for a couple more interviews. And then um, it was interesting because I, when I got the call to like uh, where the HR lady was basically giving me my acceptance, um, I <laughs> I kind of knew beforehand and I got really excited because I was just like, there's no reason they should be calling me again if they're not going to right. <laughs> reach right. out. And so, yeah, it was it was a very I was very um, excited, you know, because I, right. I finally saw myself. um you know, supporting myself fully. And like, it, you know, this, this excitement of like, okay, I I'm transitioning, you know, well, and like, yeah. um, and I think that like, it's so, it's so weird in this time because there's no more, you can't even say people are like transitioning uh, badly or or not because it's just like, there's no, like, I think our normality has really gone out the window as yeah, far as sure. like what, um, what is normal and, and what you should be doing after college is really no roadmap anymore. I think like the roadmap we did have is just works for definitely some people and, but right. not all, but like, right. um, yeah, it's, it's definitely very, very interesting, but yeah, um, it, it was a wonderful experience getting, getting that. And, um, like that. well, I mean, you know, you, you had me thinking back to my first ever, like, real job offer you know and uh and there's i mean you'll never have an experience like that again right i mean because it'll you know now you know how it goes right when you when you when you sign or you get that contract for that first job or like me when i shook hands with the owner of the restaurant and she said i'll give you 615 an hour to be the restaurant manager and i was like Mm -hmm. i'll take it And I was driving away and I was like, 6.15 an hour. Um, wow, that's less than what I'm making as a waiter. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> but, I, but, but I was still just as happy because I had that title of manager, you know? Of course, uh, of course, uh, of course, yeah. So, yeah, but um, so let's talk a little bit um, a little bit about, about what you're doing. Obviously, you just explained to us that... Um, that you're in the esports space and right. and and whatnot, and and mm-hmm. that you you're um, are you de- designing virtual experiences? Is that kind so, of the way it goes, or what? So basically, what I'm doing is I 
I do so, so many things. It's it <laughs> like it really. <laughs> Give, no, us a day to, give us a day to day in the, in the life of, of, of Jess Hardy. What's the so day to day life? I have basically a two pronged role, if you will. I basically create RFPs. Um, these are digital RFPs. Um, they are a little bit different than the RFPs that we talk about in um, the EIM department. Um, it, I know that we, you know, a lot of people submit it through a certain program and stuff like that. Um, in this space, the RFP is just a, um, it is a big uh, presentation deck a highly designed presentation deck where we basically list out everything that you would normally have in an RFP. So this is uh, creating, like we basically um, are pitching an event or a campaign or something like that to a company, right? And wow. my job is to make is, is to create that experience for the company sort of before the experience happens, if that makes sense. So yes, yes so because you've got to draw it out, right? You got yes. to map it out with graphic design. Right, wow. exactly. So I'm providing the graphics um, and everything. And we try to, you know, the company needs to see itself um, in the, 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 like the shoes of the event, if you will. Yeah. And so, um, what I do is like, I have to look at their brand. What is the company that we're pitching to? What does their brand look like? How can I incorporate that into this RFP? So they kind of see themselves mm-hmm. in, in kind of there, you know what I'm saying? And then, Definitely. you know, I don't work specifically with the copy and the copy is going to be the actual words that go into the document. Right. Um, but, I basically receive the copy and then it on literally a, a Google doc, it just a, you know, plain sheet of paper. And yeah. it is my job to translate what they have in there and put it into this design. Into um, yeah. And so that is one part of my role uh, where I worked with the sales team for that. Now, gotcha. the other part of my role is a little more fluid and fun. Not that that's not fun, but it is um, a little more like, just the nature of it makes it, uh, it's very, very, like it can be different every single time. So uh-huh. um, we have a couple esports teams who we work with. And so I do a uh, certain graphic design, um, just providing assets and stuff like that, you know, wins and losses, uh, social media posts and whatnot. So very simple stuff in that regard. Uh-huh. Um, but then also another thing that I do is we work with a lot of content creators that are looking to get into the esports space or mm-hmm. they already exist within the esports space. Mm-hmm. And these content creators need brand buildouts essentially. Um, and if they are on a streaming platform, they're going to need, um, you know, they're going to need like a transition kind of um uh, screens and stuff like that and animations and whatnot and then yeah. they're going to need a new logo and they're going to need what colors are they going to use and like what are their emotes going to look like specifically when we're talking about streaming services such as like twitch and stuff like that so right. um what they do is is i will have a person who's working with a client come to me and request um x y and z assets logo i've even done merch designs right. as well right. um and these are for these different content creators who are in the esports space space, space. Right. so do um, they give you do they give you like their vision or like what are you do you have to like get that out of them or do they yeah. you just look at their stuff and try to figure out what they're you know, like you said with the, um, right. like you said with the company, the companies that you're doing the RFPs for, you kind of tailor it 
Is that the right, same exactly. thing with the esports athletes and their brand and that sort of thing or, or not? Um, sort of. So, so, ba- so basically we're working with like, so we already have like the uh, esports teams mm-hmm. and um, I'm not working with the individual athletes. It's more of like oh, the team you. as a whole, they need got a social you. media post. Got they need you. something to go off up to say they won or they lost, or here's an upcoming thing for a merch that we're selling or something like that. And that's right. very simple. And then we, we work with the content creators and for that specifically who need like new brands and merch mm-hmm. and like all this kinds of stuff, like where mm-hmm. it's very specific designs. Yeah. Sometimes it's a riff off of a brand that they already have. Yeah. And sometimes if they're just getting into the esports space, they may mm-hmm. want to scrap the brand that they have and mm-hmm. totally do a rebrand. So I right normally have a third person in between me and the uh, actual client who is talking uh-huh. to me about what they would like. Right. And so what happens is I receive a request from someone within the company already who works with Rect Global. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what happens is they tell me about what their client wants, what their client needs. Um, and I try to, uh, you know, fulfill that request as best as possible. And then they send it to the client and then I receive feedback through that kind of loop. Okay. So um, it it just depends on, on what the person is looking for and what they gotcha. need. Sometimes as a graphic designer, I will, sometimes you do have to, you know, guide the client a bit um, and, and, tell them what they need <laughs> right, right. and and kind of convince them to um yeah. to accept what you are trying to give them um mm-hmm. and that can be definitely a struggle and definitely some you know compromises it's another thing we have to just constantly work with uh when we're just working with a team um i have other graphic designers that i technically work with but we kind of all work on our own individual projects that we're personally right. assigned right. and so I'm not necessarily working with other designers directly, but more of with other entities within our company who aren't necessarily like design based, you know? So, um, yeah. Well, I, I have to say that it just sounds so much fun. (laughs) You know, I, I, I think, uh, I think I have a little bit of, um, I don't have very many, I don't have a great deal of graphic design skills, but I think I've always always just really loved doing it. Like, you know, like I don't just put a syllabus together, like on a piece of white paper. Like I try mm-hmm. to design it. And right. I love that. I love yeah. putting the other presentations. So yeah. what you just described over the last few minutes just really excites me. I'm like, that sounds like so much fun, Jess. So uh, it, it's definitely a lot of fun. It's 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 something that I think it definitely engages kind of like my creativity as mm-hmm. someone who I, you know, I graduated from, you know, uh, the art and de- like, you know, an art and design major. So I technically mm-hmm. have a bachelor's in fine art and I, I don't just do graphic design. Graphic design is more of my work focus mm-hmm. type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I do just all sorts of stuff though, outside of that, I, right. everything from, you know, needlework and embroidery. And oh. I do, I'm, I'm literally, literally just bought, um, some materials to start doing, uh, like polymer clay. Like I want to make jewelry and stuff like that, like earrings and whatever. Oh, cool. um, and that's like my new fascination right now. And, right. um, and I kind of just do anything I can get my hands on. Um, and it's just, it's, it's really nice. I think graphic design allows me to, um, you know, it, it, 
it's it's wonderful for work and I definitely do a bit outside of work for sure mm-hmm. um but it's just like it's it's one facet of like just my artsy fartsy self in general <laughs> right 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 so, so yeah. I'm so I'm gonna ask you two two follow-up questions here uh along those lines so so one is um what advice would you give to either ma- majors or minors um who who really want to tap their creative side, who really mm-hmm. want to, to grow their, um, you know, grow their abilities in terms of creativity and whether that be graphic design or some other form of art or creativity, do you have any advice for, for, for them? Along those yeah, lines? I think if you're going graphic design specific, um, you know, knowing the tools of the trade is always very good. Um, I think that I've seen a lot of people kind of start with kind of Canva, which is like, you know, something that you can use Mm -hmm. um, and it helps you design different things like brochures. And then they have a presentation. I've used it before and they have a lot of uh, great templates and stuff like that where you can start. Mm -hmm. But if you're kind of looking to get more into, uh, uh, you know, more specialize more in it and kind of like, Mm -hmm. especially if you're in EIM and you are designing these presentations and these different things for, um, for your classes and, and whatever, um, you know, what we use as graphic designers is called like the Adobe suite. Yeah. Um, and it has a variety of tools and, you know, most people do know about it. I think now it's less of a like designer secret or whatever, right. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, that is something, um, that we regularly use. And, um, if you're, you know, honestly, YouTube is such a, the internet is such a wonderful place. There is you know, I was going to ask you that. Is that, is that what, is that what you do? Is like, is, is it a self-taught thing? Like in terms of think, um, all yeah, the, like, all the skills or did, did like, so for the Adobe creative suite, did you just teach yourself all of that or did you have classes? I tech. Okay. So technically in high school, I got a little bit of like, I started out where I had a class that did teach me Photoshop the beginnings of Photoshop, the beginnings of Illustrator and stuff like that. And these are all Adobe programs for those who may not um, know specifically. Um, And from there, it kind of progressed. You know, uh, once I got into college, I was able to kind of like afford to, you know, get these things in there and they're not too expensive now. Um, But, you know, yeah, a lot of, I think, to be honest, um, for me personally, there is only so much my art program could teach me. Mm-hmm. A lot of it as a designer is going out and sourcing your own yeah. uh, special skills, right? Because yeah. there are certain things that like everybody gets taught and then you go to YouTube and you find really cool things that make you stand out. And a new yeah, skill that you it. can like, you know, build on is just like, oh, this is my private arsenal. Thank you. Yeah, right. I love it. So so yeah, like I would encourage people if you're, you know, designer specific, you're trying to get more into just um, knowing, you know, tricks of the trade and stuff like that. Go like, honestly, there's so many on just graphic designers on YouTube um, who like share their portfolio and they share the tools they use. They share share techniques and they'll walk you through and tutorials and all that other stuff. And like um, that's just for 
designer part of YouTube. Adobe also does stuff. So um, there's a lot there. And there's a lot that I've used personally, um, just looking up stuff. Like literally, if I run into something today, like at work, that I'm like, oh, I don't know how to do this. It's not necessarily like panic. I'm just like, okay, let me look it up. And I will find a tutorial in two minutes. And it is, it's very accessible. So that's um, really good. And I think towards, uh, you know, just in general, um, the advice I would have for, I guess, you know, new grads or students who are kind of progressing um, at Cal Poly and, you know, towards their graduation and like towards a career. I think like, especially during this time, like giving yourself um, space and time to um, know that it's okay to kind of like sit down and figure it out a bit. Um, I think that, you know, and I think that not all circumstances allow that reality to be a thing. Cause like a lot of people do immediately need a job outside of college. Like that's a very real, yeah. you don't really get to sit down and play around. Right. right. <laughs> you know, you don't right. get to sit down and, and really take a breather, which is unfortunate. Um, but, you know, just mentally being able to be like, okay, like, you know, we can sit down and we can like, you know, it's okay to give yourself grace, um, especially, um, you know, just coming out of college, like you do not have to know everything. I think that like, uh, I, I've heard people say this previously on this podcast and like, so I'll, I'll say it again, you know, yeah, um, yeah. like you really don't have to know everything. I feel like a lot of what we are told is kind of like you do. And even if we're not told this, there's a, you know, an environment is created towards having to know everything and having to be on top of everything and stuff like that. Like, I think that like, yeah, like I, you know, I do wish in certain instances I had given myself more grace to do uh, certain things and to kind of just lay low for a little while and kind of just, um, you know, just kind of just give myself space to breathe and, and kind of grow and learn and, you know, learning is part of, um, the process and stuff like that. And, um, not being afraid to ask questions too, like, you know, um, and being okay with like, okay, yeah, I'm going to ask maybe a silly question, but at least I get some sort of answer. And like, I learn more and like, you know what I'm saying? Like being able to grow like that. So yeah, that would be my advice. Well, I, I think I really appreciate that, Jess. And I think I think it's just fabulous advice. You know, I um I talked with um with one of our one of our lecturers, um, uh, Dr. Sturm, Kirk Sturm, um, a couple of days ago, and and we talked about this element of lifelong learning. You know, he has he has three different degrees, you know, or or four. He he got a bachelor's and he got a master's and he got a then he got a well, he got an EDD, and then he realized that people didn't ex- didn't respect EDDs as much. So he, he went an extra year and got a PhD. And then, uh, and then he also, and I shouldn't say didn't respect it. Actually, it wasn't that it was, it was that he realized he had, he, all he needed was one more year and he got a PhD. So, and he has a JD and all this, you know? And (laughs) so, and even, even he will admit that there's so much that he doesn't know. There's no Mm -hmm. way you can, you can know. And so I think that, I think your advice is just, is just so great because so many of us, um, and I know that's um, it's hard probably for some professors to admit, but it's it's not hard for me to admit. Um, I don't know much. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm just I'm pretending my way through most of this. 
And, uh, and, you know, I'll, I'll give a good example. Um, uh, Dr. Schwab, who teaches our, um, the students call it our Excel class, you know, and, it, and it's, it's, it's actually assessment and evaluation, but they mm-hmm. learn a lot about Excel. So they call it the Excel class. And I had heard them talk about pivot tables um, mm-hmm. for, for a few years. And I got a lot of anxiety because I was like, I have no idea what a pivot table is. I, I use Excel in a really rudimentary fashion because mm-hmm. I never had a class. Right. I was a psychology major, you know? So like mm-hmm. when I, when I got my, one of my first real jobs, I had to do a budget and I went for like six weeks putting my supervisor off. He, he would say almost every day, Hey, we got to do that budget. And I'd be like, yeah, we'll get around to it. Real, real super busy, super busy. And it was really <laughs> just that I was petrified because right. I didn't know what a budget was, you know, because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I didn't get taught that in psychology, you know? And right. then he finally sat down with me. He's like, Oh no, it's just, you know, it's just numbers in numbers out. Right. There's there's no real formula for it. You just kind of figure it out on your way. And I was like, oh, okay. So I kind of taught myself Excel, you know, and 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 it was an, it wasn't until years later that I was like, after hearing pivot table, pivot table, pivot table, I did exactly what you said. I typed in pivot table to YouTube. And after like 10 minutes, I knew how to do a pivot table. And I was like, exactly. Oh, sometimes that's... it's not sometimes it's not as like hard yeah. or egregious as you think. And like oh. Um, you know, I think that there's just such a stigma around asking questions and like really being open and like vulnerable in that way. Um, and kind of, it's just like, at some point you kind of just still have to do it. And there's also, I think another thing is like, there are certain things that you will not learn until you're in a situation. Like there's nothing that you can do to learn any faster (laughs) that thing, because it won't show up until it's a certain situation. So it's kind of just like, that understanding that the learning never really stops. I think that probably the anxiety <laughs> is mm-hmm. a little less around learning because, yeah. you know, you yeah. won't necessarily have uh, 50 billion papers due and like grades yeah. and stuff like that. And so yeah. I think that definitely, at least for me, it gives me more freedom to, to, to kind of reach out and to learn, but yeah, like there's, there are things that I'm still learning about my job and every every day, you know, and there's still things that I'm learning as a graphic designer every day. And I like, I did graphic design all through college. um, And, you know, I, this is kind of what I feel passionate about. And so it's kind of just like, there are things that are going to come up where I'm just like, you're asking, like a client will ask me to do something. I'm like, well, then what do I tell them? Uh-huh. <laughs> and it's just like, you know, it's a quick, it's a YouTube search and yeah. it's, it's knowing, it's knowing when to um, be tactful and, and, yeah. and knowing how to like, you know, um, sometimes pivot people away from certain things. So you have a little more time to learn something, right. <laughs> right. You, know? you know, but at exactly. the end of the day, like, exactly. um, people are going to ask you to do things that you're not, you don't always feel qualified or have the bandwidth for, mm-hmm. And you know, it's kind of just like, you have to be honest with yourself. And also like, uh, I was listening to the podcast you just did with Jen. And I, I loved what she said, where it was kind of just like, you know, um, you never really have balance. It's learning to tip the scale at the right time. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> so good. <laughs> that is so good. Um, that is. And it, it really is 
that is exactly how it is. It really is like that. And, and that comes with work, um, even beyond school and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah. for sure. I love it. Well, Jess, I really, I really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, check it off. We've got the first, we've got the first, um, event planning and experience management minor. Um, no one will ever be able to take that away from me. You're the first one on the podcast. So happy. So, so happy. I, I love it. <laughs> and I, I just, uh, I appreciate you taking the time and, um, and you, uh, I hope you know how much I think of you and, and respect awesome. you and, um, and, uh, just want, um, want the no- nothing but the best for you and, um, and hope everything you. continues to go well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I've enjoyed this experience and uh, I can't wait to hear more. All Um, right. Awesome. Thanks so much, Jess. Take care. (laughs) 